0: and welcome to Future Construct. I'm Mark Oden, the owner of BIM Designs Incorporated. We're here at GeoWeek 2023 in Denver, Colorado. I'd love to welcome Mark Goldman, AEC Industry Solutions Director at Esri. Thank you so much for having us. My pleasure to be here. My pleasure to have a conversation with you. Uh, Mark, I'd love to hear a little bit about your background. Um, uh, what, what led you from the beginning of your career up to Esri?
1: Certainly, certainly. It's a story I love to tell. Um, I studied architecture and engineering many years ago. Uh, went to Tulane University, uh, created a combined program of architecture and engineering, but even went to school with a few years of CAD kind of in my back pocket, and in my background. So I was doing early CAD work, early 3D work. This was in the early and mid-90s, and the technology bug bit me, and I ended up dropping out of school and pursued a career in construction technologies. Um, opened up an Autodesk consulting business way back in the day, wow. eventually joined Autodesk, and that moved me out from New Orleans to Marin County. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, I've just been involved in the intersection of construction and technologies. Worked at Autodesk actually twice in my career, helped get a couple startups off the ground in the AEC space, and currently at Esri, my role is to spread the word about GIS as an important technology and solution for architecture, engineering, construction, operations, property tech, etc.
0: What an incredible and relatable career. Uh, that's, a, that's incredible. So uh, at ESRI, um, you're the AEC, solution, AEC Industry Solutions Director. Yeah. Um, what is your core focus there and how do you support ESRI and their overall goal?
1: Yeah, it, it's a fun place to be at right now because in the AEC space the adoption of technology is at a greater pace and a greater level of openness than I've ever seen in the 30 years I've, I've been in this space so at, at ESri we've got a lot of customers who use our solutions for infrastructure projects of various type waterways urban systems dams complete you know campus um, levels of understanding and my role is to work with the architecture engineering and construction firms to help them understand how GIS and location geography context can help in the process of planning projects designing them, figuring out the construction plans, and then eventually handing something over to the owner so that the operations can be done more effectively with GIS being just a, a tool in the toolbox.
0: Fantastic. I've been um, personally so impressed with what I've seen of Esri and, and, and their, their tool sets. They've had some recent tool sets that they've released, um, and there's some combination of, of GIS and BIM that are yeah. blending together. Um, Would love to hear uh, about those new toolkits and your thoughts on, on GIS. Definitely, and BIM. yeah. Historically,
1: GIS and BIM were two separate camps. You had your architects and engineers and construction professionals using CAD and BIM tools to produce drawings, to produce models, and to produce plans. And you had a different camp of people using GIS, perhaps for large-scale site planning or understanding perhaps where their suppliers were coming from. But the intersection of the two types of data and systems really didn't work very well together. About five years ago, Esri and Autodesk essentially put down their guard with each other and decided it made more sense to collaborate and form an alliance partnership than to be competing. Mm-hmm. So now CAD coming into Esri's map environments is you know single-click kind of functionality, bringing in BIM data, whether it's, it's Revit files or IFC files or other formats, directly into a map environment so that you have that, that detailed view that the BIM gives you in the context that a map gives you, again, single file import kind of functionality and then most recently what we've done we've worked with Autodesk and developed a solution called ArcGIS GeoBIM that allows the ArcGIS online maps that you create and you create those with all the richness and depth of dozens hundreds thousands of layers of information and when you might click on a feature in that map in a single view on the other side of the screen pops up the Autodesk Forge Viewer which is an access to Autodesk Construction Cloud or BIM 360. Mm -hmm. So we've brought that map context, the the high-level view, the spatial analytics, and all these layers that you get from GIS with all that detailed information that might exist in an engineering or a construction repository, which is Autodesk Construction Cloud. So ArcGIS GeoBIM is one of the newest things and really one of the most exciting at that intersection of GIS and BIM. It's, It's essentially blurring the line between where sort of BIM stopped and GIS started into these singular applications that are very rich maps and apps full of BIM information that the entire set of stakeholders for a construction project benefit from.
0: I've been, uh, when that announcement between Autodesk and Esri was announced, I think last year? Oh, no, 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 this yeah. was five years ago. Five no. years ago, okay. Yeah, wow. yeah, wow. yeah. Wow. So, um So uh, when we, we, that was- We lost three yeah. years of our life. Yeah, it's right. <laughs> true. So, um, uh, but when that uh, uh, partnership was announced, I was actually very impressed and pleased to see that announced, as you said, to, to not be uh, competitors, but to be partners. Yeah. Um, um, and that's you know that's the way the construction industry should really should really go is is, is to form partnerships and uh, and and to see the evolution of what's been created and and to what your team is is now uh, what the Esri and the Autodesk teams have now produced is is absolutely incredible. Um, if, uh, if we were to address the BIM managers and BIM detailers of the world, um, uh, what would be some um, practical use cases uh, in that in that intersection and in that section, and, and what kind of training would you point them yeah. to?
1: Yeah, I would say that if you are a, a BIM manager, a CAD manager, a BIM user, or a CAD user, certainly using the Autodesk products, you need to get your hands on the connectors that Autodesk has built for free that run in those, so those hero brands, Civil mm-hmm. 3D, Um, InfraWorks, BIM 360, um, Revit also has capabilities for bringing in maps as an underlay so that when you're working on your infrastructure project, when you're working on a building, it's geo-referenced and all that context of the site, the demographics, the population densities, where your competitive, you know, stores and environments might be that you need to consider, your environmental data. Getting that data into the design environment I think just opens the doors to to better designing, more insights, um, what-if scenarios being explored much more easily. So I certainly think that's just the lowest hanging fruit. You're already using the Autodesk suite of tools for designing and engineering. Get those add-ins. And by being an Esri customer, then you can bring in maps that you yourself or others have created. And then I'd say it's also adding to your toolbox ArcGIS Pro which is our um, premier product, a desktop solution with lots of extensions either to cloud functionality or many, many layers of data so that you could either bring your CAD and BIM into that map environment, or simply understand your context using a new application that should be pretty familiar to anyone who's gotten their head around CAD and BIM functionality.
0: So cool, Um, and I imagine there's demos and and training material online? Yeah, yeah, we've got, um, we're we're a company of over 5,000
1: employees, um, partners around the globe, 3,000, maybe 4,000 partners right now, distributors around the globe as well. Virtually every, every country in the world has got an Esri office, either directly or through a distributorship. And we're putting on webinars, we're recording them, we're putting together training materials. We have our own press organization within the company that literally produces still print books. We just did a MOOC, Massive Online... Uh, campaign? I, no, a, a MOOC is sounds, an educational thing. Oh, is it really? Companies. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah where fifteen thousand I think people signed up yeah. for a multi-week training course uh-huh. to see how to bring together GIS and BIM. Yeah. So we're we're very actively getting the word out that this is this is easy to do mm-hmm. with the with the right tools um, and the value it adds to an AEC professional's um, kit of parts and mm-hmm. and ability to deliver rich information is something they shouldn't be passing up on.
0: Yeah, and so where would be the best resource for, um, for individuals to go yeah, to? Yeah, I learn would more? probably point people
1: to esri.com AEC. Okay, So perfect. that's the AEC yeah. area on yeah. Esri's website. That's where we highlight case studies, individual companies, individual mm-hmm. users who are doing great things. We talk about some of our capabilities in the architecture, engineering, construction, mm-hmm. environmental management spaces, um, and from there through our website, you'll find tons of training content, partners to connect with. Um, That would probably be the best place to point people if there was just one place to go to. Very cool.
0: Um, uh, Switching gears to GeoWeek. So uh, again, we're here in Denver, Colorado, GeoWeek 2023. Um, You have a presentation tomorrow. Yeah, um,
1: yeah. Yeah, I'm doing a presentation with the WGIC, um, working with Barbara Bryan, who's the um, executive leader of that, Uh, sharing my insights on on GIS Mm -hmm. and the built world. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's just one small presentation. I think Esri must have had seven or eight presentations total, including Mm -hmm. Jack Dangerman. I just did the keynote Mm -hmm. and kind of shared some of his visions, which is always an eye-opener. And then here at the show, we are announcing, we are showing for the first time publicly, a new solution called ArcGIS Reality, yeah. which is a suite of functionalities with really the flagship in that being an acquisition we made a few years ago from a company called n a product called Sure, that creates meshes from point clouds, LIDAR, photogrammetry, various imagery stitched together to very high resolution, high quality, enormous scale, meshes whether it's you know an individual building and campus and a few blocks that you might need at super high quality to literally an entire country scale that is just you know the way gis works we we don't really worry too much about large scale Mm -hmm. gis just you know supports that so well and now with arcgis reality the ability to take imagery information and use it just as as another layer of of rich data that you can combine with BIM. You can combine with this, demographics or transportation information or weather patterns. Um, That's an exciting thing that's happening today. We're getting a really good response to that new offering.
0: Yeah, I'm very excited about that tool. I see some great potential with it. And I got to meet Conrad yesterday as part of our panel. Yeah,
1: Conrad from over in Stuttgart working on the product is, uh, is, is a brilliant, um, from the original developers of the, of the technology mm-hmm. and a great spokesperson for it as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, I really feel like um, your, your team is very fortunate to have such a strong such a strong base yeah. and, and be building towards uh, such a strong vision. Um, what are some key takeaways from Jack's uh, keynote?
1: Wow, Jack's keynote, I mean, he's always very inspirational um, and, and leaves you thinking about how what you're doing could potentially do more than just help the next building get built or the next highway get built. Um, you know something that after listening to him speak and i get you know the the, the opportunity to do that a number of times mm-hmm. being an employee is that you know what esri's doing with our software you know, certainly helps the next bridge get engineered and designed and helps a campus expand. But we're really making an impact in the world, and that makes it easier to get up out of bed and go to work every day knowing that the software that you work on and the projects that you talk about um, really helps society. And you know, there, there's an altruistic element to that which makes you feel good working for a company like Esri.
0: Yeah, I'm very excited about what you guys are doing, and congratulations on all of your recent success. Thank you. Um, thank you so much, Mark. My pleasure, Mark. Thank you. Hello and welcome to Future Construct. I'm Mark Oden, the CEO of BIM Designs, Inc. Uh, we're here at GeoWeek in uh, 2023, Denver, Colorado. I'm here with Colin Ronberger at SkyDEO, He's a solutions engineer, welcome. Thank you. Yes, sir, thanks for, thanks for making the time to join us today. Absolutely, yeah, a pleasure. Um, I'd love to hear about you, Colin, and a little bit about your background and, and, um, you know, from from beginning to Skydio.
2: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I guess we'll start off and say that uh, Skydio is an American uh, drone manufacturer, so my background is heavy in uh, aviation and uh, unmanned aviation. Um, I uh, got started uh, back in high school uh, flying airplanes, you know, taking flight lessons and things. Um, I fell in love with everything that had to do with flight Uh, when I got into college. um, Actually started jumping out of airplanes, too, and uh, did that uh, in college and then for uh, about four years afterwards, professionally, I was an instructor uh, for about eight years or so total. Um, And uh, shortly after that's actually when I found drones. Um, As a kid, I had played around with RC airplanes and and things like that. Um, But it was always just, you know, for fun and, you know, trying not to crash them, basically, which was almost impossible. (laughs) But uh, anyway, I, I, you know, started seeing these, uh, you know, videos and things on YouTube about uh, people that were building these quadcopters and, you know, seeing them, you know, for sale in, in different places. Um, and, uh, you know, it seemed like they'd come a really long way in, in something that was, a, you know, flying, an RC flying object uh, that uh, was not that easy to crash and, and actually uh, was able to, to do some use uh, for folks. Um, so around that time uh, was when the FAA uh, first started coming out with uh, um, rules for using drones for commercial purposes. Uh, and they had what we, they called a the Section 333 exemption that uh, you could only, utilize and fly the drones uh, if you were already a pilot of manned aircraft. And uh, luckily I had finished my my private pilot certificate, uh, so I petitioned the FAA. Uh, I got an early uh, Section 333 exemption and uh, started a small company in uh, Pennsylvania where we did uh, a variety of different things, uh, but we primarily focused on uh, real estate, um, uh, marketing type uh, aerial photographs and videos, uh, and also construction uh, project uh, management. So mainly um, just status uh, checks, you know flying the sites uh, periodically once a week you know once every couple weeks um, a lot of times the you know project leads uh, on those uh, the, the different construction firms that were responsible uh, they were located in another state so they had subcontractors that were there doing the work and there was a big problem with uh, subcontractors saying one thing uh, to their, their their you know uh, the folks they were reporting to uh, when actually the work was on a completely different track so um, you know my clients uh, really liked the fact that we could fly and we could give them a live you know update um, of you know, what was actually happening and where the status of, of everything was. Uh, and that's actually where I got introduced to mapping uh, and modeling uh, with uh, drones. Uh, started to learn about photogrammetry. Uh, and uh, anyway, the, the whole process kind of snowballed from there. Um, I uh, ended up taking a job as a chief pilot uh, and a lead uh, SUAS consultant uh, with a company in Pennsylvania called Dart Drones uh, that uh, did consultations and trained individuals on how to use drones for commercial purposes, and also worked with companies to help them establish their drone programs in those very early days, um, right around when the Part 107 rules kind of came out and took over uh, over, uh, from Section 333. Um, So I did that for about five years. I loved working with uh, folks that were trying to actually bring drones into the field and make them valuable for a variety of different use cases. Uh, Worked with federal customers, state and local governments, um, a variety of different enterprise customers in the utility space, construction space, you name it. Uh, really, we were we were uh, helping them out and, and really trying to drive that future uh, vision of what drones uh, could turn into. Um, and uh, after I'd been there for about five years, uh, I. Uh, I came to uh, uh, came across Skydio, uh, and uh, they had been around. Um, that we got our start at Skydio back in 2014 officially as a company, um, but uh, didn't really start pro- producing a whole lot of aircraft uh, for, for consumer uh, purchase and then for business purchase until around 2018 or so. Um, but anyway, I, I uh, jumped at the opportunity to come on board because uh, Skydio offered a really unique uh, value proposition in that they were a software company uh, that uh, developed really cutting-edge autonomous software, uh, and they put that on uh, drones. And so it took the typical drones that everyone was used to that, um, you know, for lack of a better word, were, were kind of dumb in the sense that uh, you know, if we talked about autonomy and mapping and things like that, it's really just a matter of you know, going from one GPS point to the other. Um, but you know, there's really no awareness of what's happening around the drone. There's no uh, AI going on to you know, basically be able to recognize things of interest. And, and direct the aircraft to certain areas. Uh, and we kind of changed the whole paradigm with that, and, and we moved away from GPS as what guided us in uh, the way that we conduct our autonomous flight, and uh, we developed a, a really impressive um, uh, suite of uh, autonomous vision-based software uh, to be able to unlock a lot of doors uh, and be able to unlock a lot of use cases where GPS flight just really wasn't possible whether it was indoors uh, or in you know highly energized environments where there might be a lot of interference um, you know different things uh, related to that so I, I jumped at the opportunity to join Skydio came on as a solutions engineer back in uh, 2020 uh, and uh, about a year ago I uh, moved into the role of solutions engineering manager uh, focusing primarily with our state Local and education uh, customers. Uh, so all of our state, and local uh, government aid entities, um, law enforcement, uh, colleges, universities, DOTS, uh, and also our utility customers. Uh, so in the energy space as well. Well, thank you for sharing that.
0: Sure. Uh, the, the career path is amazing, and I have a personal affinity towards uh, uh, towards the fact that you have pilot's license yeah. and, and you fly both manned and un- unmanned aircraft. That's a really amazing accomplishment, and, and I think. It's incredible. Great, thanks. Yeah. So, uh, tell us a little bit, about, a little bit more about Skydio, what True. they've, what they've accomplished lately. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and, at scale, you know how large they are, uh, and, 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 maybe we can dive also into some of the products and solutions. on are recent?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, so we've grown very, very fast over the last uh, two years uh, since I've joined the company. Uh, when I came on board, we were still less than 150 employees total. Um, today, we're uh, just approaching 600. Uh, in fact, we may have passed 600 at this point. It's, uh, it's definitely a, been a pretty, very, very strong growth curve. Um, as far as, uh, you know, really what uh, what we've continued to do and where our vision has continued to lie, it's been in, in uh, trying to unlock uh, that uh, future state where drones are not just uh, a, a aircraft uh, where you have one person on the ground with a controller and uh, a drone flying around above your head uh, in a one-to-one ratio, but re- we really believe that the future uh, is more of an autonomous ecosystem uh, where drones uh, exist and cooperate with other types of autonomous uh, systems and vehicles whether that's ground-based vehicles water-based vehicles just automated systems and facilities etc uh, and uh, we can utilize uh, the intelligence in the autonomy uh, to be able to um, you know, really uh, do things that um, you know today people would look at and say you know we're still decades away from being able to make that a reality um, so, you know some of our, our you know current focuses uh, are around um, you know using the computer vision that we've developed and uh, the, the AI and, um, neural nets that we've uh, integrated into our system to uh, you know make the job of capturing data uh, for mapping purposes uh, and for more aligned uh, I would say with digital twin uh, creations um, you know that much more effective and that much easier uh, one of the big challenges when we do structural modeling today uh, if we look at the historical practices is that you know those GPS based workflows don't really take into account all the complex facets uh, that uh, you know exist when we look at different types of structures. Um, for example, if we uh, look at um, let's say we'll take the utility space again, since we do a lot in the utility space. Uh, if you're trying to create a digital twin of a uh, electrical substation, um, it's a nightmare. You've got all kinds of very thin structures, uh, different you know al- different elevations where those structures are. You have components that uh, have overhangs and you know need to be viewed with kind of an upward looking angle to be able to capture them and so if you're focused on traditional 2D uh, type mapping or or even just, you know, uh, GPS-based mapping, Um, you're really flying at at fixed altitudes a lot of times uh, and with fixed camera angles, and you're just hoping that, you know, you're getting enough blanket coverage to produce some type of representation, but you're really not getting all the nitty-gritty details uh, that you need to. Um, So we've created a product called 3D Scan, uh, which has been, you know, very well received uh, by, um, you know, the customers that we're working with today and really just the industries as a whole. Uh, across a variety of different verticals and what that does is it allows the user to identify an area you know a three-dimensional volume that they're interested in capturing and then we send the drone in uh, and from that point on the the pilot doesn't have to do anything the drone will actually use its own visual autonomy and its own uh, intelligence to explore uh, that scene fly around it and learn about all the facets all the nooks and crannies on on its own it uh, then develop builds a mesh model uh, right an edge model right there uh, on uh, the uh, the platform uh, and then uses that uh, to guide the actual photo capture process so the user can still say hey you know I want to make sure my photos are overlapped by you know 80% or 60% or whatever they they might need Um, and they can also say and I want to make sure that uh, I've got a resolution you know a pixel value of anything from about a half a millimeter you know up to uh, you know multiple uh, multiple centimeters Um, and then they hit one button the drone goes back in and it takes all those images with the camera moving dynamically to track all those different facets, overhangs, etc. So at the end, they're left with a data set that they can then uh, plug into their photogrammetry software uh, or whatever other software that they're using as far as the data deliverable and have all the information that they need to get that perfect end result.
0: Thank you for sharing that. So yeah. it really sounds like SkyDio is trying to make a one stop shop
2: for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we still recognize that uh, when we look at a true end to end solution, uh, you know, it's not just about capturing the data, but we also then have to be able to process the data and create a deliverable. And so we've worked with a, a lot of really great partners uh, in that back end space to be able to provide those deliverables. And uh, we utilize a lot of different APIs uh, to be able to pass the data from our side over to them. So the customer's experience is very seamless uh, they can get that true end-to-end pipeline that they're looking for um, and you know we're, we're thankful that we can work with partners to make that a reality. Fantastic. So as we
0: transition to GeoWeek, you have a presentation this week. Could you tell Could you tell us a little bit I about do, it yeah. And some
2: takeaways? Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, um, I'm excited about it. I'm actually moderating a panel tomorrow uh, where we're going to be discussing um, UAV and UAS uh, sensors uh, and workflows uh, for mapping and modeling-based uh, applications within uh, the geospatial uh, environment. So we've got a, a lot of great folks uh, on that panel, and uh, they're going to have exciting things to share, both from the standpoint of hardware and, and developing, you know, companies that are developing these sensors and you know, the next generation of LiDAR and uh, um, you know, uh, visual imaging, thermal imaging, et cetera, uh, as well as uh, that back end when we come to the data processing side and looking at those end-to-end workflows and where we are today uh, to open up more doors uh, for, for the industry. Very cool. I'm excited about the panel. Yeah. Um,
0: so we're about halfway through GeoWeek now. What are some major takeaways for you?
2: Uh, well so far, I've been really impressed with just the variety of uh, of um, you know exhibitors uh, that are here uh, and, and uh, you know the variety of industries uh, that are being represented. Um, you know I think this is my first time coming to Geoweek and and you know when I first was asked to moderate a panel, um, you know I was uh, a little bit surprised because uh, I had never been here before. Um, you know, uh, I, I guess I had had some good referrals from other folks uh, that uh, you know had them uh, reach out to me and see if I was available, which you know very humbled by, uh, and that's great. Um, But uh, yeah, as far as um, what I've seen so far, it's uh, amazing. Um, We do have uh, a booth uh, that's here for Skydio as well. And some of my colleagues are running that uh, right now. Um, And from what they've told me, uh, it's been a fantastic experience. Uh, A lot of really great, valuable leads uh, that we've gotten. um, A lot of great conversations that we've had. And uh, hopefully a lot of business that we can do going forward. I hope so
0: too. Well, thank you for making the time, Colin. I really appreciate it. My
2: pleasure. Thank you.